0: Stop making creative an afterthought. With the exception of the Super Bowl, no one remembers what show or network aired a memorable commercial. It's the creative that sticks in our brains and gets us to take action, not the placement. Is there a way to get memorable, engaging, and creative ads in podcasting without ruining what makes podcast advertising so effective? Special thanks to Magellan AI for sponsoring this episode. Did you know Magellan AI is hiring? Join the Magellan AI team to help brands, agencies, and publishers buy and sell podcast ads more intelligently. Find out more at Magellan.ai. I don't think we spend enough time thinking about ad creative. What I mean by that is when we think about the tactics of a campaign, we tend to focus more on targeting, show level or audience level, than on the creative executions themselves. That's undoubtedly true when the creative executions are host-read where the delivery of the ad creative is up to the host, relying on a series of talking points provided by the advertiser. So when it's time to analyze a campaign's performance, it's often easier to assume an underperforming show means the audience was a bad fit for the brand rather than to figure out what about the delivery didn't work and give it another shot. If you hadn't had a chance yet to watch the product deep dive I did with Veritone, hopefully this article will encourage you to check it out. Their product's entire focus is around campaign and brand optimization from a creative first perspective. And re-watching it made me realize just how easy it is for podcast advertising to deprioritize the ad creative. Some of this stems from the ad tech side of things. Every podcast ad server that supports tag-based attribution and dynamic ad insertion offers the ability to track at least at the line item or strategy level, but not all of them support the ability to track at the creative level. So if the attribution is the goal, which is becoming more and more of the norm, It can be pretty time-consuming to make sure every publisher on a campaign can track each creative individually. Part of it is on the publishers themselves. There's often pushback around the number of ad reads they'll provide for a campaign, if they'll even provide any additional ad reads, negating the ability to test multiple executions. And since most campaigns are run across more than one publisher, it's once again easier to drop shows that don't work rather than to grade one group of publishers on A-B testing and the rest on a single creative. More data means more opportunities for improvement, from listener feedback to advertiser success rates. So let's think through what we can do to start prioritizing a creative-first strategy. Brand-owned creative. I encourage every brand exploring podcast advertising to work with an audio creative agency or the creative team at their podcast media agency to build out a suite of thoroughly tested podcast ads. Our industry can only grow by providing the easiest course of action for a brand to buy podcast inventory. And while host-red ads continue to steal the show on the percentage of ad spend, announcer-red ads are gaining steam through direct deals, marketplaces, and programmatic. In the programmatic panel at the IAB Upfronts, one of the big successes they brought up was that connected TV advertisers had flourished thanks to being able to repurpose their broadcast television creatives. And those assets are made for the brands by their creative agency. As we continue to see an increase in both programmatic and announcer read ad buys, I expect we'll see more traditional creative agencies expand to cover audio and enter the space as their brands look to podcasting for results. These ads, built outside of a campaign, can be expertly tested through controlled exposure surveys, where survey respondents are directly exposed to the ad and asked to provide detailed feedback. Edison Research, Signal Hill Insights, and Veritronic all offer their own take on this method and having well-tested creative ready to go live through announcer-red channels is a big win, those ad units also provide great examples to host-red partners of a solid ad read from the brand's perspective. That, along with well-developed talking points, gives host-red publishers an example of a perfect ad that they can then adapt to their own voice. With a solid creative foundation underfoot, what we need next is more support for the creative-first solutions that podcast ad servers can provide us. Empowering Publishers new strategies and methodologies only become the norm when everyone can benefit or when one side makes all the decisions, like in a walled garden. We've seen the mass adoption of tag-based attribution in just a few short years, and I'm confident that we'll see the focus expand into a creative-first strategy led by publishers. So how do we get started today? The lowest hanging fruit is for advertisers to prioritize creative brand lift surveys. By tagging each individual creative in a campaign surveys can be run to determine the effectiveness of the ad at driving brand recall and favorability. If a brand runs 100% share of voice for a specific ad placement on a show and only one creative is used, there's no way to analyze the efficacy of creative if the ad doesn't provide results. It's a pass fail kind of solution on whether to cut the show from the plan. But if there are multiple creative executions used within each placement, there's room to optimize towards which ones work better and help strengthen that relationship rather than throw it away. We hear the complaints so often of how little data is available in podcasting, but this underutilized solution matched with attribution tagging can provide some pretty interesting results that will allow for a deeper campaign optimization. Depending on which third-party report you read, the ideal ad exposure for a listener to convert in podcasting sits around four impressions. But that data doesn't take into account the number of different ad reads or how various ads resonate with the listeners. Both surveys and tag-based attribution work very well on their own, but this is the path towards incorporating the two and building up better industry benchmarks around creative executions. These solutions aren't just brand-focused either. Publishers absolutely should explore survey solutions to help them better identify what across all their ad reads resonate with their audience. That's a great proof to have on hand when a requested talking point just doesn't fit well with the show. Wrapping it up, I'm constantly impressed by the data we're able to get from survey-focused solutions. Podcasting at its core is light on metrics and relies on a substantial amount of data modeling. So with every solution we open ourselves up to exploring, understanding its limitations and determining when it's the right tool to use allows us to grow the value of the entire industry. The large holding companies and brands are more and more curious about podcasting. And while they become less dismissive of the download, rightfully so, they want more data. Podcast players and apps are likely to provide less data in the future than more, so solutions that can weather those storms are exactly what we should be prioritizing, which is why I'm so bullish on both podcast attribution and survey solutions, especially when they're combined. I absolutely encourage you to read my article on the topic of brand studies and watch the Veritonic product deep dive. Both will be linked in the episode details. The depth of optimization a creative-first approach provides is in everyone's best interest.
1: Hello, Sounds Profitable. Arielle Nissenblatt here with Rels Rex. And today I am recommending the podcast Rumble Strip. Rumble Strip is a mostly Vermont-based podcast hosted by journalist Erica Heilman. It's part audio journal, part local story documentation. Every episode is unique and somehow heartwarming and heartbreaking at the same time, but also in a good way. I recommend starting with the most recent episode, Finn and the Bell. It's about a young man named Finn Rooney who died by suicide in early 2020. But it goes way beyond that. It's about the community's reaction of loss and devastation at the death of a community member. Check out Rumble Strip wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Special thanks to Ian Powell for engineering this episode. And thank you for following this premium feed of Sounds Profitable provided by Supercast. And as you probably know, you can always visit soundsprofitable.com for more articles like this, our product deep dive series, and the official Sounds Profitable podcast. Thanks again for listening.